happens because of movies, because of social media, because of the news, because we have put all of this stuff in our brain and we think that that's reality, but it's not. Yeah. And that's where I was saying, go back to the basics, like go to your instincts. You're lying to yourself. There's a scientific principle called um, Occam's razor. Yes. And I like Occam's razor a lot. Anytime that I get really anxious and it's, it, it basically states that the simplest solution is generally the correct one. I think that anytime you think about something that could happen and the more assumptions you have to make to get there, you can just stop yourself right away. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Till the Wheels Fall Off. I'm Matt. I'm Paige. All right, before we get started, we've got an awesome episode today on overthinking. I wanted to cover a few things that are going on in the world of Tufo. We've got a new mini course available on our website, independentlystrong.com, which you can also access through our website, tufo.com. This one is the first module pulled out of our large course, Independently Strong. Mm -hmm. It's, I think, a great summation of the, the point of the course. And it's got this really awesome review in there that really helps dissect your relationship. Yeah, it's It's an evaluation. Yeah, it's going to help you see some truths that aren't so evident in the beginning when you're really thinking about this kind of stuff. And the more you read, the more confused you get. We've distilled it all into a really simple, awesome worksheet, along with some other videos. Um, Dr. Taylor, the clinical architect of Independently Strong, also offers a perspective in here. And I think it gives people a really good taste of what the big course is about, but it's also super helpful. So helpful. Super helpful. So check that out, independentlystrong.com. We're going to run these for about a month, maybe two. Not 100% sure, but what is for sure is that it won't be available forever. Right. So act when you can. Yep. Act now. We've still got sweatshirts available, which is kind of odd because it's 90 degrees today in February. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's cold in here. They're hitting a, it's a 107 year old record. Breaking that thing? Yeah. Just shattering it. Yeah. Man, it's gotten, weather's so weird now. Yep. So weird. Yep. So you never know when you might need a sweatshirt considering how crazy the weather is. It's probably snowing where you are. That's true. Very well could be. I mean, I wear, you're wearing a sweatshirt right now because it's cold in the house. It's always cold in here. I know. Always. We it's always too, wear sweatshirts. Way too hot or way too cold. <laughs> Never just, no, we don't ever get Goldilocks zones in here. Nah. Um, aside from that, I'm sitting next to a new woman. Hello. Who, <laughs> I love you with dark hair, by the way. Love you it. sure? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. You're going to say that whenever I go back blonde because it's going to happen eventually. You know me. I have to change my hair. Y'all, my hair has been pink, blue, purple, rainbow, Red, all the colors. I don't think I've ever gone black though. This is the closest I've gone black. This is like my natural hair color almost. I love it. It's <laughs> weird though because I'll be in a room and out of the corner of my eye, I'll see you walk by. <laughs> Who's it, in my house? It look yeah for a split <laughs> second. I had that thought. Who in the world is that? <laughs> the kids would do the same thing. Like Sydney goes, I gotta get used to this because she was following me in a store and she didn't know it was me. Like it was freaking her out, and she's like, I gotta get used to this because this is weird. So that's awesome. It's whack. It's yeah. crazy. It takes some getting used to. Yeah. But I absolutely love it. Thank you. I love it. I'm I'm down with it. Yep. I like brunettes, man. I've always told you that. I know that, but you like me blonde too. I just I like you. I'm into you. Thank you. So all right, what are we talking about today? Okay, we're talking about overthinking. And this is gonna be a two part episode because I wanted to split this up with this is more the first episode is gonna be about like basic overthinking people who not necessarily with an addict or an alcoholic. This is just your everyday person who struggles with overthinking. When we first started this podcast, we talked about doing this as like life lessons, right? Because we have learned so much in the over 20 years that we've been together through addiction, recovery, and all the things and personal development that we were going to share. That's what Tufo was going to be about. Yep is sharing life lessons. And we don't get to do that very often because we we go back in time, you know, and I want this episode to be more about, I want different listeners to chime in, to come in and listen. Yeah, and I think we both want to present a different perspective as well to listeners that have been with us for a while where we're not always going to be talking about the things that are going on in your relationship. Yes. Your relationship's a part of your life, but it's not your life. Mm Mm-hmm. We, we would love to cover some of these other things. And, and I think it's going to be helpful all the same to people. I think it'll be helpful to a lot more people together. 
you know? So that's what this episode is going to be about. The next one is going to be more if you are in a relationship with somebody struggling with um, alcohol or addiction and you have different types of overthinking. Um, And we'll dissect that more in the next part because I did ask the wheelies to um, in our community to uh, give me some scenarios that they're dealing with right now and how we can we can help them through that. So I wanted to separate it because I think there are two different types of overthinkers. Yeah, I think. Not, not, well, I guess a spoiler alert. I think that one of these things is truly overthinking. Yes. I think a lot of them is denying the existence of real problems. Yes. And calling it overthinking. Yes. And that's what I was going to kind of get into as well is Mm -hmm. that those who are in the relationships who you think that you're overthinking, you're probably just minimizing the severity of the situation. Many times that is the case. That is what I'm seeing and that is what I'm feeling and that is where I've been. I understand and I get it, but I've also been in this basic overthinking part. I think a lot of people live here and a lot of people understand this. Yes, I do too. Like we're going to talk about basically, you know, like social anxiety, how you overthink in social settings. We're going to dig into that. We're going to talk about like overthinking basic decisions, like what to eat, what to wear, how to decorate your home. You know, if you're trying to clean your house, where do you start cleaning? And then you end up freezing because nothing, you know, nothing gets done because you're overthinking about what you need to do. So that's just basic stuff. And some of the other things I think that, um, Personally, I have been guilty of future tripping more times than I can possibly count Yeah, where I'm, I'm imagining all the different scenarios of any given decision that I need to make. And the, you know, the, the, the million possible branches of that, mm-hmm. like it, it can just, it can drive you absolutely crazy and you can get caught in this loop where you can spend all your time thinking about something and never actually doing anything at all. So we'll get into a lot of that here, um, where we were, how we sort of rationalized all this and what we do now that I think could be helpful for other people. Yeah. So let's kind of go back in time from when I was in high school, early adulthood. Okay. So adolescence. Yes. How was I? Um, I think overthinking would be, it fits the definition. Neurotic. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, probably a bit neurotic, uh, anxious without a doubt. But an overthinker, I think, is the best way to generalize kind of those two concepts. Yeah. So I was there. I was that type, you know, what were the things that I would overthink on? Oh, my God. Like, you name it. Um, I, I'm just thinking about <laughs> like. I put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Things like things that to me seemed like no big deal at all. Uh-huh. Like holding hands in the hallway. Yeah. Was technically forbidden. Um, but like holding hands wasn't ever a big deal to me. Like the worst thing that could happen is they would tell you to stop. But for you, that would mean that you'd broken the rules. What if they call my parents? And if they call my parents, then what are they going to think of me? They're going to think that I'm a failure, that my values are wrong and broken and that they failed as parents. And then everyone's going to think the worst of me. And like your mind would go to those places over a simple thing where I'm thinking like the worst thing that happens is like coach McMurray or whoever would just say, Hey, stop that. Absolutely. And that's where it stops. Yeah. Or like what you're going to wear or that what was time an actual you sh- coach, wasn't it? No, nah, it was it. I have no idea. I <laughs> okay. just used a generic name came in my head, but, um, Things like showing up late somewhere five minutes, like everyone's going to be looking at me. What are they thinking? They're going to think I'm selfish. They're going to think that I don't care. They're going to think that I'm one of those people that doesn't give a damn about other people's time. Um, what well, you, if that happens consistently, then that is a problem. What, what you wear and how you're dressed. If you show up somewhere and you feel underdressed, you're thinking of, you know, a million thoughts about what the other people are thinking about you in the room. Yes. And also like with my home being clean or whatever, if people were coming over, I needed it to be perfect and spotless. And yes. I would overthink that because I would think, oh my gosh, what are they going to think if they find dust on my, uh, what are those things called? Baseboards. Yeah. You talked about those yesterday and I was just looking at baseboards <laughs> anyway. Um, so I would, you know, be so consumed with these things being, I, it, it boiled down to me caring what other people thought mm-hmm. and in going into social settings, you know, walking into a restaurant or walking into a party, walking into a room, I would be anxious and I would overthink it thinking everyone's looking at me. Um, everyone is judging me. People are looking at my clothes or looking at my shoes or looking at my hair. They are saying things about me. And I had to learn to switch my brain by saying nobody's looking at me because the truth is like what, how self, I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? I mean, I think that uh, inflated sense of self, self self-importance, self-righteous. Yeah. Um, 
but it's not uncommon. A lot of us do that because we experience reality through our own minds and our eyes and our senses. Mm -hmm. And we are the lead character in our own movie. Boom. And so we walk around the, the world thinking that we are the, we are the star of the show. Why wouldn't everyone be looking at me? Why wouldn't they think as much of me as I do myself? Why wouldn't they be so concerned with what I'm doing? Because our, the lens from which we see the world comes from us and it comes from a selfish perspective. Yeah, it's very common. That's, there's nothing wrong with this, but I think you have to be able to take a step further and rationalize these things. Mm -hmm. So from a definitional standpoint, I love definitions. So let's define overthinking. Okay. There's a long version, the short version. I'm actually going to read the long version because I think it really covers everything. <laughs> so overthinking refers to the process of dwelling excessively on thoughts, concerns, or situations, often to the point of fixation or obsession. It involves repeatedly analyzing and reanalyzing a situation, imagining various outcomes, and dwelling on potential problems or negative consequences. Overthinking can lead to feelings of anxiety, stress, and indecision, as well as interfere with effective problem-solving and decision-making. It may involve rumination on past events, worries about the future, or excessively analyzing present circumstances. Overall, overthinking can impair one's ability to focus, disrupt sleep patterns, and negatively impact overall mental well-being. Yeah. This very well defines, I think, what a lot of people experience now. And it's the colloquial term that we've applied to a lot of these feelings is anxiety. Mm -hmm. And anxiety is more popular than ever. It's a, it's a term that I cannot remember hearing when I was a child. In the 90s, I never remember anyone talking about anxiety. Do you? No. Never. No. Ever. But it's become more and more prevalent, even amongst young people. We're talking about anxiety, all these worries that we have. It's become such a part of the like nomenclature of just language and and like the canon of, of linguistics that we pull from at any given time. This is just a normal part of life now, anxiety. Mm-hmm. And we let's talk a moment about where a lot of this stuff comes from. So we can talk about it from like a childhood perspective. I mm -hmm. think that there were thing there are things that happened to us in childhood, whether it be traumas, um, you know, let's just say traumatic events that happened to us in childhood, um, or it can be um, some of the ways that we're raised with the expectations that are put upon us, right. some yeah. of the perfectionist qualities that we carry, and that's where a lot of this stuff starts. But I don't think the world is designed in any way, shape or form to make these things easier. If you have these things when you're young, you know, but cause they can be developed as well. Yeah. P people that didn't have a lot of those things we just discussed can also develop these things. For sure. So for, for you, let's just talk about you for a moment. Okay. Where do you think your anxiety started? Oh, as a child. From what? I don't know specifically from what. I mean, okay. I guess it was the fear of disappointing people. So I was a rule follower to AT in elementary school. Like I didn't want to have my folder signed. If I got my folder signed, it scared me because I thought I would get in trouble at home. But it wasn't like it was bad at home. It was just how I was, I was conditioned. I was conditioned to follow the rules. So I think that that had a lot to do with my anxiety. I was scared to make mistakes. I was a perfectionist. So when it came to following the rules, you liked the follow rules because you got praise and that was reinforced from adults, right? Whether it be teachers, your parents, whoever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was like, she follows the rules. This is a good thing. Yeah. She's in line. Right. So any, any deviance from that to you was like failure. Mm -hmm. But were you, I know your parents, your, were your parents especially hard on you for failure? No. I, right. I, so it was almost just in me. Yeah. I think it was just in me. Yeah, I think some of these things are innate in people. Yeah, I think but for, I also think society does ha, plays a role in this as well. In what way? Like um, uh, different religion, politics. Mm, also, yeah. you look at politics, you only have what, two choices? We've main, got two we choices have two here, main really. choices. Yeah. So you have to pick one or the other, or you're and you're wrong if you pick one, or you're right if you pick the other. Like it, it, it just goes, there's no gray area when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. No, I think that's 100% on the money. A lot of it can come from trauma as well. Mm -hmm. Things can happen, whether it's a an event that happened to you when you were young. Like, let's say it was a traumatic divorce, like a really bad situation when you're young. You've been through divorce. Yeah. Did that affect the way that anxiety presented itself? Yes. Uncertainty of safety in the home. Right. Yeah. Because um, I felt like 
it was a big change. You know, I didn't think that it was ever going to happen in my life. And then it happened. And that's scary for a child. It can rock your, your sense of safety. Right. It can. It can. Because your whole life gets turned upside down. And you're not, you know, trained or conditioned to deal with those types of things. Yeah. And then we've got some of the other traumatic events that can happen, whether it be death or abuse, physical or psychological, um, abandonment. There are a lot of things that can play into people's sense of safety that can heighten anxiety and like anxiety for, for me, like as as this is just the way I loosely define it. It is the, um, it's, I think humanity's inability to handle uncertainty. Mm -hmm. I think that we love answers. We love to know structure too. We want people to tell us what to do. Yeah. We we love to know what, what to expect. Mm -hmm. Like we want to know what to expect. Um, not a knock necessarily at anybody, but I think one of the places you can find this the most are in like, um, PTO groups and things like that. Like if a, if a kid's going into a new school or a new grade, Parents in there will want to know every single detail Mm -hmm. down to the seconds. Like what time do they leave lunch? How long does it take you back to class from there? Where do they go? Uh, What do they do if they need uh, to get an extra assignment? They're trying to reduce uncertainty so they can reduce anxiety, but I think they're doing it for themselves more than their children. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just, it's strange to me so much of life is uncertainty. I was going to say that. So much of life uh, is uncertainty. Life is uncertainty as it is. Like if, just get down to the basics. So really all you have to do is get down to the basics. Like all of this stuff that we're talking about is man-made things. This is things that are just created by men. These rules are created by men. We have to get down to the basics of our instincts and, and being like just basic human beings. And we've lost that. We've absolutely lost that. I, I believe this is my opinion on public education, especially, I don't believe that it teaches you to think for yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that it creates incredible employees for people one day. Yeah, for sure. That's what it does. It creates people that follow rules, yeah. that fall in, mm-hmm. not necessarily challenged. I think universities where a lot of people are challenged to think for themselves, let's provoke new thoughts and let's, but for the most people that, that don't go, whether they can't afford it, they're not interested, whatever it might be, you're taught to follow rules. Mm-hmm. And these are the expectations. And if you don't meet these expectations, then bad things will happen to you. Mm-hmm. That's what we're led to believe. But there's so much of that even outside, like outside of just the construct of professional professionalism, um, anxiety around just uncertainty in relationships is a lot of what our wheelies are concerned with. Mm -hmm. It's what's going to happen if this happens, what's going to happen if I don't do this or if he does this, it's, and I understand where it comes from. Like you want to be assured that everything's going to be okay. Mm Mm-hmm. But what blows my mind about that is that everything's okay. Everything is exactly the way it's supposed to be at this moment. And if you are listening to this and you are of whatever age you are, you have survived the worst days that you thought you wouldn't. And mm-hmm. you're here. Where do we get off believing that there's going to be some event that occurs that we won't be able to tackle? That's how we were conditioned. We're taught to like try to solve problems. If you do this, then this will happen. Guaranteed outcomes. Yes. Guaranteed outcomes. Yes, but that's not the reality of life. There are no guarantees in life. No. None. I think the first lesson we taught our children was that life's not fair. We've mentioned this so much. That term is not allowed. And I have seen grown adults out there say that, well, that's not fair. Well, that's not fair. And I want to say, okay, you're right. It's not fair because life is not fair. And if we're trying to live a life that's fair, we're going to be disappointed a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand where it comes from. So it's not dogging anybody on having that belief. Like I understand. I feel that way sometimes as well, but I just encourage you to shift your mindset on fairness and what it truly means. So you're someone that self-identified and was actually diagnosed with having anxiety disorder. Yes. I had general, I, uh, general anxiety disorder. Okay. So we've talked about kind of where this came from in you. And uh-huh. how did it present itself in your life? What did it prevent you from doing? Oh man, everything. <laughs> everything. I think that <laughs> if that's I true. wasn't a good mom, I didn't take chance chances. I wasn't a good wife. I didn't. Um, uh, I was scared to go to the grocery store. I overthought everything. Like, yeah. What? Yeah. What about like this? Not just those things. Like, how did it like present? Like, how did it affect outcomes or possible outcomes? But how did you feel on any given day? overwhelmed overwhelmed unsure unsure like uh i i wanted to control everything 
The need to control. The need to control. Yes. Because I was scared of, of, of anything that was going to happen. I didn't know. So much of it, I think is, is like these two concepts we talked about, like, and, and one of them being the need to control mm-hmm. and then like the need for guaranteed outcomes, like our inability to deal with uncertainty. But I've just always taken it as, as this is you have survived your hardest days. You have survived all the situations you thought you never could. And rarely do we get what we really want in life. Um, and it's okay. Yeah. And and that's okay. Yeah. Embrace that. Yeah. Like I, embrace the uncertainty. I just, I wonder where a lot of that comes from. It's really interesting to think about like where is it expectations? It's expectations. It's everything that we've just been discussed. Like we've been the way the world works. Relationship expectations. I think a lot of it comes from movies, Hollywood films, yes. books, romance novels, all the sorts of things that people think of when they think that's that's the model relationship. Yeah. That's what I ought to have. Right. We're not talking about relationships right now, though. I think that in the context <laughs> of the next one, yeah, in the context of <laughs> our listeners, I think that a lot of people deal with this relationship anxiety. Yeah. I'm not going to get my happily ever after. For sure. And this this need to control that through mm-hmm. all kinds of actions and thoughts that really don't change anything. Yeah. Other than how good you feel on any given day, you know? Let's talk about medication for a moment. Okay. What are your thoughts on medication here? Okay. So whenever I uh, was so deep into my anxiety and panic disorder and depression, um, I decided to go on medication because I like could not cope with everyday stuff. Like I was having a panic attack every day, but I went in with the mindset of I'm going to take medication to get off of it. I'm going to learn how to cope, like get the first layer that I need you know, of, of healing done with medication to get off of it. And that's what I did because I were skills before pills type people. skills before pills. Yes. But I do believe that sometimes pills are necessary in the very beginning to get you started. It is like a, just a quick little, like, okay, here, you can almost use it as placebo too. If oh, placebo so placebo yeah. studies on SSRIs are mind blowing. Yeah. You haven't checked them out. I, I, I think that that's a hundred percent factual because you can live a life with less anxiety, knowing how to manage your anxiety without medication. You know, anxiety is a, a normal emotion that people have. It is humans are supposed to be anxious. It's telling you something. It's trying to get your attention. It's part of your gut instinct and your intuition. But the problem is, is that we've gotten so far out of touch with our basic instincts that the anxiety has just amplified. And we keep telling ourselves we need to make it go away. It needs to go away. It needs to go away. Well, anxiety is not always going to go away. It's going to be there. It's part of you. You have to embrace it in some way and learn how to manage it. Yeah. Learning how to manage it. That's the key. Really. Yeah. At the end yeah. Of the day, not getting it's rid not of going it. going anywhere. No. Um, you know, I was saying that anxiety has become much more like uh, just part of our day-to-day language. You know, that movie inside out, it's a great movie. It's a Pixar movie. I think yeah. talk about the yeah, emotions. We about this. Uh-huh. The new one involves a new emotion. Yeah. Anxiety. Yeah. Anxiety comes into play. Mm-hmm. I think the, the character's going through puberty and it's like the mind develops and now they can feel anxious. But you know how you can get through anxiety too is by doing the things that scare you. Yeah. This A is lot where... of people may not agree with me here because we do, we're like, oh my gosh, if you don't, if you feel a certain way, maybe you should don't do it if it makes you anxious. Don't do it if it makes you anxious. Well, it depends on the situation and what you're doing that is going to make you anxious. If you're in a toxic situation that's making you anxious, yes, you need to do something about that. If going to the grocery store is making you anxious, go to the grocery store and try to rationalize, you know, try to like use your instincts on like, okay, is this really that bad? No, it's not. You're okay. You're safe. You're going to survive. Yeah. We're not black or white thinkers. I don't believe in binary thoughts. Yeah. But, and so, so do your best to, so something stuck in my face. It's an eyelash. Something I'm going to say that, um, at times can be true, but I think most of the time is not true or sorry. Sometimes it's not true, but mm-hmm. most time it is true is that feelings are not facts. Yes. Feelings are not facts. You have the feeling and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But think through it. Think through that. You go to the grocery store. What's the worst thing that could happen at the grocery store? Someone sees you and they think that your outfit's ugly yeah. Or that they think that you're not put together or that you're shopping at a place that you don't think that, you, that your status is above that or 
what? Sometimes you just feel overstimulated. Just too much going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you but know, is it- <laughs> this is something to remember too, is that your, your brain was designed to eat nuts in a cave. Have you seen that meme? <laughs> it's hilarious. It's like, I'm sitting here with ambient anxiety from all the things that I've read today or I've seen because I have a brain that was designed to eat nuts inside of a cave. <laughs> like we have this, this problem with like evolution has brought us all this, these crazy problems that we weren't necessarily designed to deal with. No. All the problems of the world. We right. can watch wars in real time. We mm-hmm. can see the worst of the world as it's reported. Um, you know, we have apps that we spend way too much time on that are feeding us information that feed those parts of us to keep us on the app longer. It is designed to grab that part of you. And the result of it is sort of this ambient anxiety that hangs around. Yes. And it just fuels you and it just eats you up. Yeah. Like if there's any listeners out here that are scared and I'm, I'm sure this is a thing because I've been there before, but if you're scared to go to a gas station by yourself, you're going to overthink that you're going to go to the gas station by yourself. You're going to get out of your car and you're going to think someone's going to take me. Someone's going to take my car. Someone's going to mug me. Someone's going to do this. Someone's, you know, I'm going to get harmed and it might cause you to overthink and have anxiety there. But let's look at the reality of the situation. What are the stats? Like, what are you, is, do you really think this is going to happen? Oh man, I'm a big stats guy. Yeah. I look at the probabilities of this stuff. Yes, you do. Like the chances of being murdered in the United States are, I believe it's five in 100,000. So that's 0.005% of a chance. I think that's what you said. It's these, it's it's so small that in my mind, it is literally more likely that I get into a car wreck. And I don't think nearly as hard about that. Right. Or that I'm going to develop some kind of like terminal illness, or I don't think nearly that hard about that, Mm -hmm. but I'm worried about like someone murdering my sleep. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy. It's crazy. The, the things that we can, the places we can go to. Yeah. But it happens because of movies, because of social media, because of the news, because we have put all of this stuff in our brain and we think that that's reality, but it's not. Yeah. And that's where I was saying, go back to the basics, like go to your instincts. You're lying to yourself. There's a scientific principle called, um, Occam's razor. Yes. And I like Occam's razor a lot. Anytime that I get really anxious and it's, it, it basically states that the simplest solution is generally the correct one. Mm-hmm. So when faced with two outcomes, um, it can be anything, right? So going to this, or let's just say you come home and something's missing from your house. Like, I don't know, like your, your phone is gone or your purse is missing. Is it more likely that someone broke into your house, targeted you specifically, broke into your house and took your purse? Or is it more likely that you forgot where you put your purse? Or that a kid moved it or yeah. something like that. Yeah. The simplest solution is often the correct one. Right. The one that requires the least amount of assumptions. I think that anytime you think about something that could happen and the more assumptions you have to make to get there, you can just stop yourself right away. Yes. Stop it. Just right stop. There. And and a lot of people are gonna say, Well, how do I stop? How do I stop? This is what I do. I switch my brain on what the possible outcome could be. Instead of thinking that this worst case scenario can happen, I stop and I think, okay, well, what if nothing happens? I literally just say that in my head. I think about when, um, like you have a doctor's appointment. Okay. When I went to the doctor and I had, um, a, a, a mole. mole, I had a mole removed. Yeah. Um, I had a, it was just a routine skin check and they removed it. And, um, I was in really good spirits. I thought to myself, instead of thinking worst case scenario, yes, it did come across my brain, but I stopped it. I was able to just stop and think, okay, what if nothing is wrong? What if it's okay? Everything's okay. Everything's okay. I'm going to wait until they call me and then we'll figure it out from there. And that's what I did. And I had a little bit of anxiety in between, but it wasn't like debilitating anxiety, not to what I typically would have. And then I got to a point where they're like, okay, well, this is actually something that we do need to keep an eye on and make sure that it doesn't turn into melanoma because it is a possibility that it could. And again, I didn't like, you know, overthink it. I just kind of switched my brain and said, okay, we'll just tackle it when the time comes. And I know that's easier said than done. And it took a lot of practice for me to get there. It takes a lot of present moment awareness. Yeah. And I think that you have to rationalize in some ways, like when you're thinking about what could possibly go wrong here. And like, you have that thought like, well, what could go right? Mm -hmm. Like, what if it's the other thing? Like, what, what if it's nothing at all? Yeah. Those thoughts are harder to come by because you want to think worst case scenarios because you want to prepare people like to be prepared yes they like to know okay what am i going to have to do if this happens but worrying is sort of crazy to me the worrying is like torturing yourself twice 
the first time while you have the anxiety until you get the news, you're worried and you've, you've stayed out of the present moment. You've missed multiple days on end. You've been less present for yourself or other people. You have literally sacrificed days on this planet that are not guaranteed yeah. for something that may or may not happen. Mm-hmm. And then when that thing, let's say it does actually happen. Now you get to go through it again. Yeah. Why would you do that to yourself? I mean, it's, it's just how our brains function. It blows my mind. Well, do you remember during COVID whenever, um, when the pandemic hit and a lot of people were freaking out, like it was just end of the world, end of the world. And you and I, I believe we were sitting in this space having a conversation about it and we weren't worried. We weren't concerned. We weren't, you know, freaking out over everything. It was just like, everything's okay. It's exactly the way it's supposed to be right now. There's nothing I can do to control the situation. So we're going to just embrace it. Yeah. And I remember posting something on Facebook um, or Instagram that said like, not worrying doesn't equal not caring. Yeah. Um, Because a lot of the times we equate worrying with caring. Yes. And I think that we need to shift our mindset on that. Just because we don't worry doesn't mean we don't care. Yeah. It's, I think some of it comes with experience and knowing that and being able to trust, like, like Alex Hormozzi has said, like confidence doesn't come from shouting affirmations in the mirror. It comes from having a stack of undeniable proof that you are what you say you are. It comes through experience and having like those, those trophies on the wall to say, like, I've been there, I've done this, I've conquered that. And to be able to look at your life and say, I, I, I've conquered things before. I think that we, we looked at that situation and it was like, okay, so like if it takes us out, it takes us out. There's nothing we can do. Like if it's some crazy virus, what they're saying it is like, it's, it's that it didn't, it is what it is. Like, I'm not a freaking scientist. I can't control it. I can't stop it. If it gets us, it gets us. And then like, we have kids too. And we have the same thought. And like, does it, is that scary to think about? Yeah. But at the same time, why am I going to torture myself trying to fix something I can't control? I have zero control over it mm-hmm. right now in this very moment. Everything's okay. Yeah. That's what we knew. Yeah. Let's just roll with that until we don't have to. Yeah. It's much simpler that way. Yep. Like you're not just forgetting about the possibility of bad things happening. You're just choosing not to live in them until they actually happen. Mm-hmm. It's There's a difference. Yeah. There's a difference. I think there's also a lot of anxiety that hangs around the weight of unmade decisions. There's so much anxiety that is just the weight of unmade decisions. Indecision. Like it's often said that the, that the roads are full of dead squirrels that couldn't make a decision. Yeah. And we've probably, many people probably hit a squirrel. Who did that? I did. They, they, they dart out and then they stop. They stop. And they're like, which way do I go? I don't go this way. I don't go that way. And then, then what happens? And then they go. The, yeah. So if you're not making a decision, that's what's going to harm you more than if you do make a decision. And we're so scared to make decisions because we don't want to be judged or we don't want to have the um, wrong outcome. Guys, there's no right or wrong way to do anything. Right. There's no right or wrong way to do anything. We have this mentality that there's only a right way and a wrong way. And that's just not the truth. There are so many different scenarios. You just got to pick one and go with it. And you can always change your mind down the road too. Yeah. um, You're kind of getting like this perfectionism. I am. Which I think very much plays into some people's anxiety. Oh, for sure. It's I have to do it perfect. It has to be right. I have to know what I'm going to get out of it. Therefore, because if I don't make the perfect decision that I'm going to have to deal with, the consequences of making the wrong decision, Mm -hmm. which is wild to me, wild to me. When we started this show, when we started our companies and everything else, we didn't really know exactly what the plan was. I mean, we had a general outline of what we'd like to accomplish. We We, knew we had something to share with the world. We did. And we had some like core values and we did some of the business things. Like we set up the, the company and incorporated and all that good stuff. But in general, it's like, what's our product? Like, I don't 100% know yet, uh-huh. but I am a fan of moving in the right direction, not the perfect direction. Yeah. Like, true north is an actual direction, and it is, it's an actual measurement of right on the money. Absolutely true north. I've always said, like, if you're a degree or two off, you're still in really good shape. Like, you're going to be fine. Yeah. You're going to be very successful. Yeah. A gr- degree or two off. It doesn't have to be perfect. No. In recovery, a lot of people get caught up on this whenever, like, in the 12 steps, when they're asked to find, like, a, a power greater than you. They're like, well, it has to be like, it has to be perfect. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. No. Let's move in the you right direction. You just have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. Let's move in the right direction. Well, let's think about our house and how we remodeled it. What do you mean? 
Um, and how, oh. how, <laughs> yeah. okay, this is just us in a nutshell. Yeah. We started in what, 2021, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think we started getting our floors done and then we were doing our kitchen and we were painting the house and we were doing like all of these different things. It is 2024 now. And we just now finished the, lights. the last piece Yeah, because we didn't have a plan of everything going in. We just decided we want this piece done right now. We want something done. Like, I think it was just the floors. And then we were like, okay, now I guess we should do the walls like a year later. We didn't put it, have everything planned out. And same with like the couch. We were talking about this earlier. Man, yeah. We don't put a lot of stock into like the the minutia of decisions. Because if we overthink these things, if we were to overthink the perfect color of the walls or the perfect couch or the perfect light fixtures... I mean, we did kind of do that, but because <laughs> uh, it took forever to get done, but I, it wasn't really just finding them. We right weren't one. looking for them every day. No, we weren't. Every six it, months, we were just like, for 10 minutes yeah, ago, exactly. We're like, yeah, we're, we don't like do. that one. So we'll just wait. We didn't obsess over it. No. So we didn't obsess over each little piece. And I think that this is just an important example because a lot of people might focus on one little thing and then nothing gets done because they're just trying to find the perfect couch the perfect material where did it come from where can i get it like you're looking at 60 different couches and you're not making a decision yeah like when you go to a website you can filter by criteria right like mm-hmm. you can filter by color you can filter by size you can filter by whatever mm-hmm. we probably used two filters it was like we want a light colored couch and it needs to be about this big yes the end yes same with our in our Pr- bedroom. price price obviously matters too. price too and that's like our bedroom furniture too but i think that people, we knew what we wanted but yeah. we didn't overthink it many people use way too many filters anytime they're making a decision right and we didn't settle though right so this is like where it's kind of kind of gray kind of gray kind of gray yes so you can use too many filters anytime you make a decision like whether or not you're gonna go outside today go shopping whatever it might be it's like i need to filters are sort of like guarantees like i need to guarantee that it's not gonna be i'm not gonna be confronted i need to guarantee that i'm gonna be um, not seen by someone that i know i need to guarantee that i'm gonna be comfortable while i'm there that they're gonna have everything i want you're asking too much of an uncertain world. Yeah. I think that the world is truly just uncertain. Its nature is uncertainty. And if you're seeking certainty in an uncertain world, the result is going to be anxiety. This is where your anxiety comes from. Mm -hmm. It comes from wanting guarantees from a world that offers none. I think that when things hit us, when we least expect it, we're better prepared that way than when we try to prepare for something that we don't know is going to happen. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's almost like procrastinating for something. Like I, I will procrastinate because I do better under pressure than if I were to plan something out because it was, it's almost because then I get into a way of overthinking too much. Mm. So I'm better if I'm at the last moment, like going on a trip or something, you know, like uh, packing my luggage. I'll do it the night before. Right. Like I do better like that than if I do it a week beforehand because then I'm overthinking and processing it way too much when in reality, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. I think you have to choose what you allow in your mind. Yeah. Like, like in life, I think Douglas Murray said this. He said, in life, we have to choose our regrets. We choose our regrets. Think of frame things in that way. You're not choosing what you're going to get. You're choosing your regrets. So let's mm-hmm. say that I have two opportunities today. One of them is to record this podcast with you. The other is to enjoy the 90 degree weather outside and get some sun. And choosing to choosing the regrets of sitting outside. I'm my regrets could possibly be what if outside I have some incredible idea for something that's going to make us rich? What, what, what if I have some like moment of realization that's going to change my life? You know, Mm -hmm. what if I'm just going to really appreciate the way I felt when I was out there basking in the sun? So I'm going to regret not knowing if I'll ever get those things, but the regrets of not knowing what happens if we record this podcast is we're not going to have a really interesting conversation to share with people. Maybe someone who could hear this could learn something from it. We have to be consistent with our content delivery and make sure that we're delivering something every single week. That's quality, good stuff. I'd regret this. I choose this regret. I choose the regret of not knowing what's going to happen out there in the sun. Right. You choose your regrets. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to whether it's a relationship that you're thinking about leaving, if it's um, going to school or not going back to school, think about the regrets that you'll have and work off of those mm-hmm. rather than these possibilities of what you would or wouldn't. It's just, it's just you choose your regrets. Yeah. Truly. 
Yeah. And the un, like the weight of unmade decisions. We talked about that. Like, I want to get back to that for just a minute. Like okay. the, the heaviest objects in life are not physical things. They are unmade decisions. We talked about the squirrel, like not being able to make a decision yeah. one way or another. Like you can absolutely, it's, it's, it's anal- or paralysis by analysis. You can truly prevent yourself from making decisions. If you think about a decision long enough, at some point you need to make a decision. Yeah. Now, is it going to be the perfect decision? Probably not. Yeah. But do you trust your ability to, to, to adjust and, and to be able to make changes on the fly? Probably not. It's, it's difficult with, with our listener base, I think, because we've, we've talked about it. Like a lot of the reasons that people are unsure of their gut anymore is because they've been told for so long that it's incorrect. They've yeah. been gaslit yes. into, you know, into, in, in, into forever thinking that I don't know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't trust myself anymore. I think that you can start to rebuild that by making little decisions here and there. And you beginning to understand that like you have everything it takes to adjust on the fly to get what you want out of life. You do. It's built in you. Yeah, it is. You have to trust yourself. You have to. And you can just take that step yeah. to trust yourself. Taking, you- taking action is the antidote. Mm-hmm. to unmade decisions mm-hmm. at some point you just take action yes you just do what you think you need to do like whenever i got fit i think whenever you got fit it's like i just picked a i picked a program it's like i'm gonna start doing crossfit yeah did i look into it for more than five minutes no there was a guy who was fit and i said what do you do to get fit yes. he goes i do crossfit i was like i'm in i didn't think about it any more than that i didn't go and look will i be able to handle the workouts can i do the diet what is it like there how much does it cost i didn't care same i, didn't care. I just made a decision same. I figured that was better than doing nothing i asked one question about this program and that was just if it was an mlm yeah is this an mlm no i'm in and i was like i saw results and i was like i want to try it i'm going to give it a shot because sometimes when i have too much information i'm not going to make the decision no and one that's does what, it's paralysis what, by now so you have too many much. you have too, too many, many filters selected yes so you have to just trust your gut and go with just like look straight forward and just go quit looking at all the stuff of people telling you how you should think and what you should do you yeah. can you can educate yourself obviously and you can quit if it doesn't work for and you and if it doesn't and try work something for you else. try something else but like, you still need to give it a shot and sometimes it's just better if you don't have all the answers it is better what would be the fun I know. in that and that's what i was saying earlier with like it's better whenever things just come at you at a surprise like it just comes at you by accident it's not like you planned it it does you do better on the fly than if you were to be completely prepared for something yeah unless yeah. it's like you know, podcast, man. <laughs> yeah. We have to prepare for this. Yeah. But like when I was getting sober, like, at, I don't know, they presented like these different ways that people got sober. And I just found a guy who seemed to be happy. Mm-hmm. So like, what did you do? And he's like, this is what I did. I was like, well, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm just going to do what he did. Like, if you want what I have, do what I did. Yeah. It's no different than like talking about like the, this anxiety that people have a lot of the time, like especially our listeners is comes from these unmade decisions. And this wanting this guarantee that doesn't exist. Like, let's first accept that guarantees don't exist. You are never going to get a guarantee mm-hmm. ever, mm-hmm. no matter what you do ever. There could always be some variable to prevent you from the guarantee. So forget about the guarantee. They don't exist. They're yeah. impossible. Yeah. The chances are more than likely if you do what others do to be happy, you too will be happy more than likely. Mm-hmm. I think that people like to think of themselves as the, as the exception a lot. Yeah. When we're thinking about like, I'm the star of my own movie. I'm different. I'm different. I'm special. I'm unique. Yes. No, that's terminal uniqueness. If you think that, then oh, you yeah, can stay in that place forever. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, I think about some of like the, the, the biggest decisions I've ever made in my life started with just sort of a haphazard way of attacking something like, you know what? I'm just going to start. I'm going to start whatever that means for me. I'm going to start. Yeah. So think about what you can do today. That just means start. Uh-huh. Like going in the right direction doesn't have to be perfect, but what do you have to do to start? Okay. I'm going to go to a basic thing real quick. Okay. Um, a lot of people will look at menus before they go to a restaurant. Yeah. And pick you do things that. out. Yeah. Your hands up. Okay. I'm going to challenge those though, who have really difficult, have it that, that it's very difficult for you to choose something to eat because you overthink it. Don't look at the menu before you go, go to the restaurant and just pick the first thing you see and see how, how you feel, because there's no reason we should be overthinking. This isn't our last meal. This isn't, it's just, it's a meal. It is not a big deal. It is one meal out of the thousands of meals we have in our life. Yeah. But we just want that. Like, it's almost like an adrenaline rush. It's almost like a dopamine kick in a way, actually, because you're, you're like, Ooh, Ooh, it's that click. You know how I'm I, picking the food. You know, tell people I usually order. 
Oh, you always ask the waiter what they think is best. Because that dude eats there probably at least once a day every time he works. So I just say, what's the best thing on the menu? Yeah. Cool. Run it. Yeah. It's either going to be good or bad. Does it, does it matter? Yeah. I mean, I don't look at the menus as much as I used to. Like, it's, a, it's not that big of a thing for me, but I remember when it was a thing for me and I know why it was a thing for me. Yeah. Also, I wanted to switch for just a second about moving cones. <laughs> for the valet guy? Yes. For like, like whenever <laughs> we, general? no, no, no. When we went to go park at the, um, at MJ school yeah, for his Christmas party, I think it was. And there was this spot where there were cones and I would typically say, no, we can't move these cones. God put that cone there. You can't move that <gasps> you cone. You can't do that. that but, cone is but, cemented. But I did not overthink this situation. And I took the, I was like, just stop. I'm going to get out. I'm going to pull out this cone. So Let me proud. go do this. I'm going to move it. It's no big deal. There was a car parked right there. Like, come on. There's a lot of cars here. It, it's not a fire zone. We're good. We're just going to park there and go. One time I did park at the school and they came out and they told me to move. Was that I, the end of the world when they did that? No. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> at first I was like, oh my gosh. But then I was like, you know what? Whatever. He's just asking me to move. And they talked about me too, because I saw them talking about me in the school. I okay. saw them talking about me. And at first I'm thinking, oh my gosh, man, that kind of sucks. But then I was like, you know what? It's so stupid. They're going to forget about it. They're just gossiping. They're just talking. I don't really care. I'm going to move on. And I think that's huge growth for me. And that's a big that's over. Massive. This is, this is important for this topic because I did overthink these things to where I wouldn't make decisions. Now I make decisions based on my instincts instead of the rules around me. Yeah. Now there are rules that should be followed. Of sure, course there are. you, it, it's, you pick and choose. There's a gray area area here but i'm just saying that I've, yeah i think if you try to follow every single rule that exists and you hold yourself to that standard then you're going to have some sort of cognitive dissonance at some point you're going to lose your ability to make decisions that align with your values yeah which results in a lack of self-trust which means more unmade decisions and more uncertainty yes. and more fear around what if i make the wrong decision what if i have to live the consequences of making the wrong decision mm-hmm. you have everything it takes to do it you do and beat it yeah start making decisions yes one way or the other, Just make decisions. It. Yeah. And you will learn quickly that you are no less than anybody else. Yeah. No one cares. Right. It's going to be fine. It'll be okay. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. It is. There's some things to be worried about and there's some things to not be worried about. I yeah. I think that most of the things that we struggle with on any given day are small problems. Yes. Most of the things. Yes. And that's in the next episode we'll talk more about. The big problems. The big problems. Yeah. Man, like, I, I don't know. I have never been like a really anxious person. I've Mm-mm. never... You, oh yeah, I was going to pump you up on this episode. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I can't believe I forgot this. Matt has taught me so much about not overthinking. Hmm. How so? What do you mean how so? Like. You know this. I've, I've, like, you have taught me how to look at the reality of life instead of man-made rules. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what gets us overthinking is that there's so many rules out there. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. And like in that context, I've, I look at rules, most rules. I'm not talking about like all laws, but even some laws, I look at those things, like who created those things? Mm -hmm. Like were these things like carved by the hand of God into stone? No, these are made by man. I'm man. He has a brain. I have a brain. At some point someone made it, you know, their prerogative, whatever they were, um, you know, compelled to make some sort of a rule or a law based on a given situation. But I don't feel like those things apply at all times. Yeah. Let's say it's 3 a.m. in the morning and you're at a red stoplight. Dude, I'm like, I'm looking around, make and sure everything's safe. It's forever. And yeah, it's I, would, like, I would run the light. You'd run the light. I I've, I've, I've done that. You taught me to do that. And if I were to get pulled over, I would take responsibility for that. I would totally. It's I, not like I'm yeah. going to fight it. Like, I, 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 no, I, I, would I accept still, the consequences. I would accept the consequences. Yeah. Right. But I, I don't but know. But I was like, I, okay. <laughs> I think that I I think about crazy rules at times, like stuff that you'll see. Mm -hmm. um, And it's like, man, why did they have to create that rule? You ever seen like weird stuff? Like what in the world had to happen for that sign to get made? Mm -hmm. I see stuff like that, like convenience stores. It'll say like, um, like no, no e-cigs allowed. And and like maybe let's, I don't, I don't vape, but let's say I have one in my pocket. It says no e-cigs allowed. Like, I understand that the reason that sign's probably there is because a bunch of loiterers probably were sitting there and smoking in the place. I would walk in that place with no problem with an e-cig in my pocket and buy my stuff and walk out, not think twice about it. A real rule follower would go back to the car, put it in the 
glove box. I'm like, this is this doesn't apply. This is stupid. Yeah. Like I'm gonna use my common sense in my mind because I trust my capacity for intelligence and probably what the intention of the rule was. Right. To ignore it. Like let's say there was a rule that said like no hikers in the park after seven PM. And let's say that I'm out there on one evening and it's after seven. I would not freak out about having to get out of the park. Mm-hmm. It's probably there because a bunch of hikers at some point got drunk and camped and burned stuff down or disturbed the neighbors or something like that. Like I would just I'm not doing those things, okay? But if I got in trouble and got a ticket, I wouldn't argue you, it. You would accept it. I wouldn't You'd say argue like, it. Okay, I, Ooh, know, I, I did this one time in college. Oh, Get God. this. There was a golf course, and it was a beautiful day like today. Sunny, in the middle of the winter. It was a weekend, but the course was closed. We pulled up, and the course was closed. I don't even know why it was closed. Mm-hmm. So me and my buddy were like, dude, this is ridiculous. Let's go put like 20 bucks a piece like in their mailbox, and let's just play. And we'll walk it and do whatever. And so we did. We walked the course. We played the course. When we got back to the parking lot, there was a cop sitting there. Yeah. And he was like, that. I should arrest you both for theft or write you tickets for theft of service and everything else. I'm like, I took, I took the, the ass chewing. Yeah. I was willing to accept the consequences, but I just felt like it's a beautiful day. Like, I'm just gonna like, maybe it's a bit narcissistic. I don't know. But I just <laughs> felt like at the moment, it's like, whatever. I just it, think it doesn't need, matter. It doesn't matter. Right. We need to use our brains a little bit more instead of what other people tell us to do. And I also, I wanted to touch a bit on spirituality here too. Okay. Because that did, um, that helped me a lot with my overthinking as me well. Me too. Well, right. Look, other things. Not That's overthinking, but I don't but overthink with, much. But with, with the, the control piece for you, mm-hmm. and this is definitely a control piece as well. The overthinking can be controlling. Like you're trying to control a scenario, a situation that is somewhat out of your control. Some of it is, some of it isn't, but either way with spirituality, it taught me to be, you know, very present and aware of what's going on and just pausing and saying, everything's going to be okay. And that would help me get through my, my obsessive thinking Mm -hmm. and it would pause. It would make me pause. We actually have a, um, episode on that we do and we have some companions on independentlystrong.com that teach you how to manage your triggers which is part of present um awareness present moment awareness and grounding techniques and stuff like that and we have a worksheet on there too yeah spirituality is massive for stuff like this like you know i when i got sober i was an atheist slash agnostic and they basically told me that like a lot of people have found happiness through this spiritual program uh, you should give it some consideration. And my first thought was like, no, that's stupid. Like I'm not doing that. Oh, it took me forever. Yeah. And then I, I, I had to stop doubting that this thing worked because I saw too many people coming in telling me the same thing. Like, dude, how'd you do, how'd you do it? How'd you beat this thing? Well, I, you know, spirituality was part of it. I did a bunch of cognitive work as well, but it was certainly part of it. Yeah. And I define spirituality as the deepest meanings and values by which one lives. It's no more complicated than that. It's not necessarily a, re- a religious practice. Nope. It was told to me that um, religions for people that are scared to go to hell and spirituality is for people who've already been there. Yeah. And I was like, well, I've been to hell. I've seen that place many times yeah. on the daily, in yeah. fact. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. I know what that's about. Uh, it, it gave me guardrails and, and it gave me, um, gave me sort of like the first time I ever had like a, like an MO, like I, I, I knew how to operate in the world. Now I had a basis of context to operate from. And it kind of came from my own thoughts and feelings about the world. Some of it from bigger things. Some of it did come from like traditional religious practices. I sort of like took a lot of things that I believed in, yeah, created like this Franken spirit, and I, I ran with it. But if it did anything at all, it helped me understand that like I'm not in control. Yeah, I'm not in control, mm-hmm. and you're not in control either. If you're listening, you're yeah. not. You're not in control. No matter what you do, you're not in control. So you can sit there and like I could sit there and worry so much about what was going to happen about what the outcome would be about how I would respond about how we wouldn't have enough money or someone would get sick or whatever else. And I'm like, man, these things just, they're out of my control anyway. Like yeah. what's the sense in worrying about things that and troubleshooting problems that haven't even happened yet. Mm-hmm. Like I'm torturing myself. Right. And I just started letting go. And when I let go, like the craziest thing happened. Like I just, mm-hmm. I was at peace. I was able to deal with problems as they presented themselves. Yeah. If they did, mm-hmm. I stopped looking at, the bird and yelling at it for shitting on my windshield and understanding that sometimes things just happen. The bird just shit. Yeah. He, I just happened to be driving right there when he did. He just, it just happened. Mm-hmm. And every so often those things do happen. Things that are unfair happen. Someone ran over my mailbox. Okay. He didn't mean to, did he wake up that morning saying, I can't wait to run over this guy's mailbox and make his life. Invo-? No, no, it just happens. Stuff just happens. It just happens. Things just happen. Yeah. Sometimes I make wrong decisions and I have to deal with the consequences of those. It's okay. It's okay. You know what happens? You learn from Every, it. Dude, well, I welcome that kind of stuff. Yes. Like, and sometimes I learn really expensive mistakes. Like, yeah, we've had 
Like we've made mistakes in business and other ways and wasted thousands of dollars on things that we thought were now we we know we now. know now. But you don't no one comes out of the womb like completely prepared for every possible scenario of things that could happen. The longer that you sit and think about the things that could go wrong, the more your anxiety is going to grow and exactly. the more trouble you're going to have recovering from any of it or figuring out how to deal with the world. Mm-hmm. Start making decisions and start dealing with the consequences if they do come up. Mm-hmm. Stop thinking about the what ifs, what could have been, and just appreciate for what is. You can always improve. Like you can improve. And like, you do have agency. You do have some control over your emotions. Yeah. And over your responses and actions. That right there. Like you can't always control the things that pop into your head. Right. Triggers, if you will. You can't control those things. Right. But you can control what you do with them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely you can. Yes. So like I think that a lot of it boils down to fear. And like yes. it was like I, I was told that fear was an acronym. And it was um F everything and run. So fuck it all and run. Mm-hmm. Fuck everything and run. F E A R. Or it was face everything and recover. Uh, future events appearing real. That was the other one too. Yeah. Future events appearing real. Yeah. Fear is an acronym for future ab- events appearing real. Like these things aren't real yet. They're not real yet. No. What am I doing over here? Mm-hmm. So worked up over what could or what couldn't happen. And man, like you can spend so much of your time caught up in that place where you're not accomplishing anything at all. Like, and any given day, it's like, man, um, if I don't respond to this email, if I respond in the wrong way, or if I... If I, if I, if I go to lunch here versus there, or if I wear this and I don't wear that, who's going to judge me? Who's going to think about, I don't think about any of those things anymore. No. Ever. Nope. I don't care. Right. I was 10 years old. I remember this. Me and my mom were at the state fair, I think. And at 10 years old, like you're kind of distancing from your parents or you're like, you're like, I was in going, I was in puberty and like, you know, you like become more independent. Like I'm a, I'm a big boy now, you know? And my mom like reached down to hold my hand. And then she quickly pulled away and was like, I'm sorry. It's just like a habit. Like you're just, you know, I know you're growing up. And I just looked at her and I just grabbed her hand and I held her hand. And I was like, I'll never see any of these people ever again. I don't care what they think. I had cried when you told me this story. I don't care what they think. I don't care what anyone thinks. Like, what do I care about what Harold with the cowboy hat over there thinks about me? For two seconds, he's going to say mama's boy. Okay. And then he's going to forget that this yeah. ever happened and, 10 minutes later. Like, and it doesn't matter. Like you're, it doesn't affect what you. What you think about me means far less to me about what I think about myself and what those very closest Close to, to me think about me. That. Strangers, I yes. don't really care. Right. I don't mean to be like crass about that. I just don't care. No, I think it's a healthy place to be. Yeah, like you can't afford the I, rent in I know my head. for me, when I stopped caring what other people thought with that, it was a relief. It was like, like I, I just felt free. I felt like I could trust myself more yeah. because it doesn't matter what they think. It yeah. doesn't matter. Increase the, the, the price of rent in your head and stop allowing cheap tenants to live in there. Mm-hmm. Evict them, boot them out. And there has to be a minimum requirement for me to give a damn about something. Yeah. Does it affect my safety? Does it affect my health? Does it affect those that I love immediately? Those are some of the first things I think about. Yes. And then it's like, okay, will it affect me financially? Okay, well, what's the risk? But I'm not, I'm not risk averse like I once was either. Mm-hmm. Like I think that people, a lot of people can get very risk averse. And like risk, like that's a spice of life. Like you're going to make mistakes. It's totally fine. Yeah. Like, I enjoy making mistakes in some ways. We learn from them. I've made so many mistakes within this past year and a half. Like I have learned so much from them and I'm grateful for it. And it wasn't comfortable and it wasn't easy. And even doing this, you know, I make a lot of mistakes on the podcast. We're getting negative reviews a little bit that are like pointing certain things out. Yeah. And that is, um, a lot of that. uh, that's actually helping me now. You know, I took it, and ran with it instead of, and, and I make mistakes, but I'm like, I'm learning from that. Yeah. They might sting in the moment for a bit, but yeah. if there's some truth there, you should uncover that. Yeah. It could make you better. Yeah. Like the worst thing that possibly happens that it makes you better. Exactly. Which is a beautiful thing. Yes. It's a beautiful thing, but you yes. have to start doing those things. Yes. Living in fear and being paralyzed by fear of what could happen is a silly notion to me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy. I understand why people do it. But it doesn't make it okay. You should make a concerted effort to start doing some of these things we're talking about here. And if you're a, if you're a, a, a listener, more than likely you're going to be dealing with some degree of this. Mm-hmm. Most likely, 
um, there's a lot of anxiety that hangs around these types of relationships. I think that the greatest fear that people have that listen to the show is what if I don't get my happily ever after? Mm -hmm. What if, what if I don't get what I want in life? What if I'm abandoned? What if they leave? Like what we've told people a million times and I'll continue to tell people is that that is not the worst thing that could happen to you. That is not the worst thing that can happen to you. You're screwed either way. Yeah. You get to choose at this point. And that's what we're going to get into next time is some more of the, yes. those types of concepts. Yes. Those, those, yes. Yeah. We're going to get into that. Some of them episode. are totally valid, totally valid. But I think the overarching concept of like, choose your regrets, choose your regrets when it comes to your relationships, when it comes to your life, when it comes to any decision you make, what regret could you live with? Which one could you not? Yeah. So yeah, do, right. yeah. Like, and, I don't want to spoil it here. We'll get into that. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, no, we have a lot of questions to answer and a lot of them are very similar, but I think that it's going to be, it's going to be solid, solid discussion. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. Looking forward to that one. I hope this is helpful for people. I I hope it is too. I mean, I would have loved something like this back in the day when I was overthinking like crazy, you know, It, it can be debilitating. It can make you feel like you're doing all the things wrong. You know, all you got to do is just shift your mindset and, and practice. Yeah. Start making decisions. Start making decisions. You'll trust yourself again. And when trust you trust yourself again, your you won't be so anxious gut. anymore. I pro- it is oh, like we are built with this. Another thing that we didn't cover that I wish we would have put at the beginning of this episode yeah. is um, if you are considering taking any type of prescription drug to handle anxiety, depression, whatever it might be. Um, I'm not a doctor, but I would encourage people to look at alternatives first. Yes. I would ask you to consider how much water do you drink? How much sleep do you get? How much what exercise? Are you eating? How much, what are you eating? There are so many things that can be fixed with... First, focusing on the physical part of your body, like Again, exercise and things like that. Going back to the basics. And then everything else follows. Yes. Like the mindset follows that. Yes. That, that happens. Like prescription drugs are overprescribed. Yes. Like if, uh, we did this opioid awareness campaign that mm-hmm. should be coming out here pretty soon. Um, I think that the US is like 4% of the world's population, but it consumes like 99% of the opioids. <gasps> And the same is true for like our like benzodiazepines, the SSRIs. Yeah. Like it's widely overprescribed here. Mm-hmm. No one's asking what they can be doing. Probably amphetamine now too. Oh, I'm sure that, yeah, ADHD medications yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, that's a, that's a generic diagnosis that's given for all a multitude of things that are, I believe, diet-related, fitness-related, mm-hmm. and sleep. We'll probably have a whole episode on that at some point. Oh, man, I got a lot of opinions. I know, I've, I've been on I every know. one of them, so I know. I know. I know. We, I know. Both, we both have that. Yeah, I so. got a lot of experience and opinions about these things. Yeah. So anyway, okay. okay, that's all we've got. And we still have our big course out. We did not talk about the big course. Our main course. Oh man, it's out there and it's it's we, rock and rolling. It's yeah. changing lives. Yes, yes. We're getting a lot more reviews coming in and it's life changing. So go to independentlystrong.com. Um, use the code wheelies75 for a huge discount. Yep, you get 75% off that course. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, this is something that like, I mean, large institutions are looking at implementing into their programs. Like mm-hmm. we've had some really cool discussions with some places. Um, it's serious y'all. Like yeah. this is real stuff. Like yep. it's not just some hokey BS that we created. Like nope. this is real research back stuff. Yeah. It will change your life. Um, I, I know it's tough though. Like I know how people feel selling gym memberships or selling <laughs> like things that are going to better people. It's really tough to, to get people to invest in their, their health. Like they just want simple answers. Mm-hmm. They want to know, no, 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 no. I didn't ask what I can do for me. How do I fix him? Yeah. How do I get him sober? Yeah. That solution does not exist. Right. This is the next best thing, which is actually the question you ought to be asking. Mm-hmm. How could I empower myself to a point where I wouldn't be asking that sort of question? And through my empowerment, it could even save his own, his life. Boom. That's, that's good. That's yeah. what we're after. Yep. That's, that's the solution. The solution that you're looking for, this is genie in the bottle that comes out and changes reality does not exist. Right. Like we had a DM the other day. It's like, how did you get him sober? They were asking you the question. Mm-hmm. It's like, I didn't. Well, we get that all the time. Like, I, I didn't. And I understand why you're asking that. Yeah, I get it. it like we totally get it. And and it, this is just a completely different perspective than you'll find that you'll find out there. This so, is the solution. This is, is the answer. Is, this is what you've been looking for. This is it. Yeah. Stop asking the other question and start asking this question. It would mm-hmm. be, I would beg you mm-hmm. and start to focus on this. Yeah. And for those of you that are working on it, thank you for your support. Thank you for your feedback. Thank you for allowing us to be part of your growth. And we cannot wait to see what this brings later down the road for you. Yeah. I think this pays off in dividends years and years and years later. Yes, I agree. Like it's, it's not a, a, an incredibly small investment, but I think that it compared to things like therapy, it's very small. Yeah. Like you could spend, like we literally had someone tell us, like this could have saved me tens of thousands in therapy over the last five or six years. Yeah. It's huge. That mm-hmm. adds up quickly 
all the things that he, what, what is your prescription copay? What is all these things? Think about also this. all of the books that you read, that you buy, that yeah. you pay for. It's the same, you know, you're the same thing. Yeah. If you were to pay out of pocket for therapy, if you don't have insurance or something like that, mm-hmm. it's pays for itself in like five sessions. Right. It's not, it's not crazy ask, Yeah. No. you know? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it's out there. Yep. We hope you give it a shot. If you have more questions, you can always uh, check out our website, independentlystrong.com or twofo.com. I think we do a pretty good job of setting it all up there. Yeah. Um, it's got a breakdown of the curriculum, FAQs, every bit of it, every bit of it. And then you could also post in our community, twofo community, and ask others that have done it, what their experience has been, and they'd be happy to share it with you. For sure. So okay. uh, we do have calls in our community as well that have been super, yeah, super calls. helpful for people. Yeah. Life's a little crazy. I wish we could do them more often, but we do them. Yeah. We don't, we're not consistent. There's not a schedule because it's just the two of us and we have children. So, you know, eventually we would like to branch out and have different chapters, yeah. you know, throughout the world because we do have world wheelies. Yeah. We got worldwide, um, man. But right now this is, well, you got to start somewhere. We'll get there. Yeah. We're in the right direction. Yes, we are. not failures because we haven't gotten there yet. Right. We'll get there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, thank y'all for being here with us. Until next time, I'm Matt. I'm Paige. And we'll see you. Bye.